everyone, I'm Lucy, the owner of Dandelion Social, an outcome-driven creative agency specialising in social media management and content marketing. We help to ensure that businesses achieve their goals using modern-day marketing platforms and strategies. Welcome to episode 65 of the Dandelion Social podcast. I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Supply My Business, for their continued support. Supply My Business is a community of small businesses in Kent in the UK that want to do more business locally. They are the one place where you can find all of the quality local suppliers you require for your everyday business needs and, at the same time, supply your goods and services to help meet the needs of local businesses just like yours. So, once again, thank you to Supply My Business. First of all, for today, I want to give you a quick update on what's been happening in the world of social media recently. First up is Facebook Spaces, a new way to share VR with your friends. Last week, Facebook published a blog post all about Facebook Spaces. In that post, they said, quote, Thanks to the immersive power of virtual reality, Facebook Spaces lets you feel like you're spending time with your friends in person, no matter where they are. Starting today, you can share live video on Facebook from Facebook Spaces to give the people you care about a window into your VR world. Bring more friends along for the ride. Facebook Live is already one of the most immediate and interactive ways to share moments with friends. By going live from Facebook Spaces, you can share a whole new kind of moment with your friends and family direct from VR. Whether you're touring exotic locations across the globe in 360, collaborating on a virtual marker masterpiece, or writing on a viral video, the people who matter most to you can now follow along in real time on Facebook. When you go live from Facebook Spaces, you'll have a virtual camera that you can position anywhere in your space to capture the reaction. Friends on Facebook can comment on your broadcast and ask you questions to participate in the moment with you, and you can even see their reactions in VR. You'll see a stream of friends' comments and can pull out your favourites as physical objects that everyone in the space can interact with. A great way to highlight compelling questions and clever one-liners from your friends. Live from Facebook Spaces opens up the fun of VR and lets everyone join the experience. Along with messenger video calling and selfies, it's an easy way to share your VR experiences and create lasting memories with everyone you care about. We're excited to see how people go live from spaces to interact with friends in new ways. And this is only the beginning, as we'll continue to add new features to the experience. Unquote. Next in the news, Snapchat drops 10 second limit on video recording. Beginning next week, Snap, previously Snapchat, will start to allow its users to record six 10 second clips without any interruptions. According to the Los Angeles Times, quote, previously, the hundreds of millions of people who use Snapchat had to record a video of up to 10 seconds, post it or delete it, and then start the process again. Now, users can film and choose to upload any number of the six videos. They'll still appear as to viewers as distinct 10-second bytes, so it won't be as seamless as recording a minute-long video on a smartphone's default camera app or Instagram. The new filming option, though, makes Snapchat much more inviting." Unquote. Next up today is my feature of the week, which this week is all about getting your first clients when you have no marketing budget. Most small businesses start with almost zero marketing budget. It may be that the cash is physically not there, or it may be that the fear of needing it when the bills need to be paid means it stays firmly in the bank account. Either way, you've got to get creative when you need clients on your books without bashing the cash. So, how do you do it? It means that putting an advert in the local business magazine, running Google or Facebook ads, or joining your local chamber of commerce are all off the menu, because they all cost money. 
When you start out in your new venture, you don't have much, if any, money. But what you do have is a lot of time. And in that time, you can do stuff that will generate awareness and start to pull people into your world. I'm treating this like you're starting out at the very beginning. So let's break this down into six steps. One, get a WordPress site. WordPress comes in two flavours, .com and .org. The latter costs money in at least hosting, but likely design as well. But the former is completely free, and that's what we will focus on. Go to wordpress.com forward slash hashtag plans and select the free plan. You then get an option to choose the type of website you want. I would suggest you choose the blog option, and I will explain why in step four. You can then choose the theme you'd prefer and follow through with the process. Don't get too hung up on this stuff though, choose simple and move on. You do, however, want a theme that will allow you to have at least four pages. Blog, about me slash us, services and contact. You want the main front homepage to be the blog. Two, open social media accounts. I'm making an assumption that you've already probably done this, but in case you haven't, you should. Have at least Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn and take the time to fill the profiles out fully. They are they all allow you to have a link to your website, so make sure you do this. If you're a visually driven business such as, such as a photographer, then open an Instagram account as well, and maybe even Pinterest. Three, create an email list. MailChimp is my preference, but there are others. MailChimp allows you to create an account and have up to 2,000 subscribers and 12,000 emails per month for free. That's more than enough to get up and running. Just create an account and then create a new list and call it something generic like new subscribers. MailChimp is actually incredibly flexible and powerful, but for the moment we want to keep it super simple. I would suggest that initially you put together a once weekly summary of the content you will create on your blog. This gives people the opportunity to check them out if they haven't managed to do so the first time round. Put a link to your MailChimp sign up form in your email signature. Everyone you email now knows you have a newsletter and can sign up to it really easily. Be creative in the description though, don't just put weekly newsletter because that's boring. Try something like don't miss any of my blog posts, join my community. Step 4. Get creating content. This is your advertising. I would recommend that you commit yourself to creating one piece of content per day. I know it seems a lot, and it is, but remember it's one of two ways, I'll get to the other shortly, you have to promote yourself so it's worth the effort. Make it a part of your routine. Get up, have breakfast and coffee, do your blog post. Content can mean whatever you want. It could be a written blog post, it could be an audio podcast, it could be a video. Some people tell me they don't like or don't think they are very good at writing, so they don't start. You're not trying to write a New York Times bestseller here, you just need to get your message out there. If you really struggle, you could always record your voice using your phone and upload that every day. Why not? There's good log logic to mixing it up because people digest content in different ways, but the most important thing is to get started. The thing that most people struggle with, other than actually doing it, is finding enough subjects to talk about every day. Initially, I'd recommend putting together a list of 20 potential article subjects. You know your stuff better than anyone, so with a little time and thought, you shouldn't have too much of a problem. Think about it from your future client's point of view. What do they struggle with? What do they need to know that they don't already? Each piece of content you create on your blog can then be shared to your social media accounts. It won't take long before people start commenting and sharing and expanding your reach. Make sure you take the time to respond to any comments so you can create a two-way street. So many people treat posting content as a one-way broadcast. That's not the way to start a conversation. 
as well as sharing your content to your social media platforms. You should also put a link to sign up to your newsletter at the bottom of each blog post you write on your website. Use the description and process I mentioned in step three, and this will help to build your list. Step five, face-to-face -face networking. Once in a while, it's good to go outside and talk to people, especially people that might become your clients. Some networking events cost money, but there are a lot that don't. This is where you should start. Check your local Chamber of Commerce or just get Googling. Look, of look for conferences and exhibitions too. These are usually free to attend and there will be a lot more people to talk to than at a, tradi than at a traditional networking event. It's like going to 10 working events all at once. Twitter is actually a good place to search for local networking events. It's a fair bet that if someone is trying to promote an event, they will be using Twitter to do it. Try and get to as many events as you can, especially when you're starting out. Networking events give you the opportunity to start a conversation with people and get asking questions. The answers to those questions can form topics for your blog posts. As you create more content over time, you'll start to find that you will have already got something on your blog that can help the people you're talking to. This gives you the perfect reason to follow up. That follow up might just turn into a lead. Step six, create a follow up process. Most people are rubbish at following up and that's a fact. They either don't do it at all, or when they do, it's an eight paragraph sales pitch that has the recipient running for the delete button. You've probably realized by now that the best business relationships happen when you offer something of value at the beginning instead of asking for something, usually a sale. The follow-up is the next logical step. If you promise to send something, someone a link to your blog, remember to do it and let them know you're open to any questions off the back of it. If they sign up to your email list, they, you have just created an ongoing and fully automated follow-up process. That said, there is a real benefit to reaching out personally every now and again to those contacts who you feel really are a great fit for your business. The point is to not forget to carry on the conversation. The sales process is longer now than it has ever been in the past, and that's due to the amount of information and choice that potential clients have at their fingertips. We have to respect this and not expect them to jump on board at the first chance. So that's how to start getting your first clients without any marketing budget. As your business income grows, you can start investing in a better looking website, paid advertising and joining local business communities. But we all have to start somewhere. Finally, for today, I am joined by David Dakara from Bokken Business Coaching. David is passionate about helping businesses to identify and understand what growth means to them in order for them to make changes to drive that growth. He draws on his experience from working at a family restaurant through to technical sales and marketing to international strategy. He considers one of his key achievements as having changed the business culture from being product and technology based to market focused. More recently, David has focused on training and coaching. David delivered what delivers workshops for businesses covering a range of different issues, including programs for people who are under threat of losing their job through redundancy. He also offers bespoke training programs. Hi David, how are you? Hey Lucy, I'm excellent, thank you. And yourself? Good, I'm really good, thank you. Thank you very much for joining me today. It's good to be here. So, could you explain to everyone please what Bokken is? Uh, yes, of course, but I think it's really to explain Bokken, I need to take a step back for a moment just to okay. explain where it comes from. The word Bokken uh, relates to the Japanese wooden training sword 
that we use, or one of the swords that we use in the martial art of kendo, right. uh, which is the martial art of swordsmanship, traditional swordsmanship. Right. And we use the bokken, which is a piece of solid wood. It can be made of uh, different types of wood. Um, the one that I use at the moment is made of ash, mm-hmm. and it's cut into the shape of a Japanese sword. And we use it to demonstrate kata. Now, kata are a formalized sequence of moves. uh, They're used throughout the martial arts world. Mm -hmm. But in kendo, a formalized sequence of moves where you have two people, each armed with a bokken, who go through a, a stylized sequence of cuts and movements to demonstrate certain principles. Oh, wow. That sounds really interesting. So how did you get involved in Bokken and the practice of Kendo? Well, you know, Lucy, that's, a, that's an interesting question. The, the honest answer to that, and this might surprise you, is by mistake. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, absolutely, because um, I can go back to oh, my very, very early years when I, I could identify my first TV hero. And my first TV hero was a character called Little John mm-hmm. in the television series Robin Hood. Yeah. And Little John was a, a giant of a man with a, a shaggy beard, and he had a staff, a six-foot-long staff, yeah. which he always carried with him. And I loved the fight scenes with Little John using his staff, twirling it around and knocking seven bells out of all the bad guys. And that stuck with me for so many years. Now, if we fast forward probably 20 years after that, um, I had stopped off at a shop in Wallington in Surrey. And there in the window was a poster which showing some things which I interpreted as being exactly what my hero had always done. So I took down the, uh, the details and I turned up at what was a kendo dojo in Tombridge, which was only about six miles down the road from me. Right. So very, very convenient. I immediately found out that uh, it was nothing whatsoever to do with uh, what I had perceived. <laughs> uh, but I was intrigued and I stayed with it. And by the end, I think, of lesson two, I was in love. Wow. Totally and utterly in love with what it was that I had fallen into. And so uh, this was um, very much to my luck. It was a traditional kendo dojo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Traditional in the sense was there was no competition. There was no point scoring. It was all about learning to do it right. And that's the fundamental principle that, as I say, I fell in love with. Wow, that sounds amazing. And just to fall into it by mistake as well, that's really fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I have to say, look, I mean, let, let's let's be very honest here. Um, for the first half of the first lesson, I was very disappointed. Oh no! <laughs> this, I'm thinking this just wasn't what I wanted at all. But you know, sticking with it for a little while longer, and I uh, began to see some things here that had a, a huge value to me. And uh, and I stuck with it for eight years um, until, unfortunately, my knees gave out on me, and I had to stop practicing. Oh, bless you. So how do you use your skills of being a kendo first dan swordsman and your past experiences in businesses? How do you use those to help other businesses to change their mindsets? 
Well, Lucy, I think we, we have to step back and look at something before skills come in. And first mm -hmm. and foremost, we have to look at the, the mindset and the belief system that uh, you actually approach a kendo practice with. Right. So it's very much about the mindset that I've got when I go into a dojo. Yeah. And that mindset will, will take form of many things. Um, the practice swords that we use, uh, the kata, for kata we have the, the solid wooden bokken. Mm -hmm. For actual contact, we have the bamboo slatted shinai. Right. And it's about picking those up and thinking to myself, well, what am I picking up here? Is this a piece of wood or some bits of bamboo held together? Or are these swords? And when you approach a kendo practice, you're approaching that practice very much from the point of view, I am holding a sword. Right. And that belief structure and that mindset that you take into a practice with you is fundamental because what happens then is you approach the practice as a swordsman right. and not as some guy dressed in pajamas waving a bit of stick around i have to admit the first time i saw you dressed up in your bokken and your kendo outfit it did look like you were wearing a pair of pajamas and a lot of people still pass that comment <laughs> And then when they've picked themselves up from the floor and have a headache, they realise that uh, actually there's something else to it from that. I, you, you know, you can look at the blue pyjamas once again. Um, I wear the hakama and the kakogi. I wear uh, the, the, the jacket, it's the kakogi, and I wear a dark blue jacket, which signifies that I'm a Dan grade swordsman. I've trained uh, and I've uh, been qualified to a Dan grade level. Right. Uh, because I practice... For that long, I achieved first Dan, which is just the first of those uh, uh, of those Dan grades. But you know, we, wearing the outfit when when we leave home, you check the clothing that you're wearing. Yeah, you're you're going into an, an environment where you are not alone. You're going into a dojo where you are practicing with other people. Mm -hmm. The whole point of the practice is not for me to go in and knock seven bells out of somebody and coming away having scored points. No. The point of the practice is to go in to practice, to learn how to do things better, yeah. trying to focus on doing it right, and at the same time helping my fellow kendo swordsmen of whatever level they might be, mm -hmm. along the same path. So we're working together. Yeah. And one of the one of the beauties we talk about the spirit of kendo. You're going along. You feed off that spirit from one another. So if we just for a moment now stepped out, just bearing what I've just said in mind, and stepped out of the dojo and stepped into the environment of your business. Yeah. Now think about your business. Think about the way you turn up for work. Yeah. A simple thing, like, are you for the part? Yeah. Is your mind in the right place? Are you turning up, figuratively speaking, to be a swordsman? Or are you turning up, oh, I'm just going to play at this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take my business too seriously, yeah. or I can't really be bothered to do things properly. Yeah. I learned very early on. I mean, I, when I first started Kendo, I was working for a private company. I was a sales rep traveling around Kent. Mm -hmm. And I'm... I consider myself to be very, very lucky because at a very early stage, I picked up on really something that's very, very valuable to me. And this has stood me instead. Lucy, I stopped practicing Kendo 28 years ago, but I'm as passionate about it today as I ever was then. Wow. And this is the real big thing that's driven me forward all the time. 
let's think about doing it right. Whatever yeah. the it is, yeah. it's kendo, it's about the swordsmanship and the mindset in business. Once again, it starts with the mindset, but it's also about bringing in the skills. Now coming back to the question that you asked me mm -hmm. about the skills, underpinning everything that we do has got to be the mindset. Yeah. Where is our belief structure? What are we bringing into the business that we're doing? Yeah. But having the right mindset, having the right belief structure, just by itself isn't enough. Because in business, we can come in with all the passion, with all the spirit that we apply to a kendo practice. But you know what? If I don't have the skill to hold a sword properly, if I don't have that knowledge of how to hold the sword properly, and if I do not then gain the skill on how to use and move that sword properly, ah, as a swordsman, I'm going to get nowhere. No, I'm just going, just going to be the guy waving a stick around. <laughs> and looking a bit silly. Looking a bit silly. Yeah. So let's apply this back once again to our business. We can take the, exactly the same analogy across there. If I approach my business with all the spirit and passion and the belief, I'm going to make this work, this is wonderful. But if I don't have some of the fundamental bits of knowledge about one, running a business, or two, actually, what my business is, I'm kind of, be, I'm going to be stymied very, very quickly. Yeah, and if definitely. I don't then learn the skills that are going to enable me to use the knowledge, underpinned by that passion, that drive, that spirit, that belief in my product and in the business that I'm creating, well, if I don't have those skills, then once again, I'm going to be stymied. Yeah. And so... What Kendo has done for me is it's crystallized those things very firmly in my mind so that when I'm speaking to businesses, now I may be speaking to um, a group of business people, uh, and this is something that I do, mm -hmm. and I'm able to actually demonstrate some of those principles that I'm talking to you about very, very graphically. Now, we're, uh, we, we are just audio today, but yeah. if I was standing in front of you with the sword, I'd be able to demonstrate some of those principles. Um, but it's a case of keeping those in mind. Now, for me, I have that rock in my mind. I can always go back to them. So as I'm talking to business people individually in a one-to-one -one coaching session, I can draw on those things and challenge the behavior and the thought process of the business person that I'm working with and actually get them to see, well, are you thinking about doing it right or are you just actually going to try out just trying to get that next win yeah um i learned a lesson a, a lot of years ago and this was a lesson i learned from a customer who told me that uh, when he first started running his business it was all about chasing the business trying to get that next sale yeah a lot of businesses see it that way as well now they do and he told me he found he found it a struggle yeah Something clicked in his mind. This is well before the, uh, he ever met me and we were working together. Something clicked in his mind and he started to concentrate on doing the business principles correctly. Yeah. He started to look at getting his systems, his processes in place, starting to get his strategy formalized in his mind so he knew what that business was about, mm -hmm. started to make sure that he had the knowledge about his product and on how to run a business he concentrated on those. And, he, and I, just, I can visualize this conversation in my mind. Mm -hmm. He just turned to me and said, and do you know what, Dave? Business started to happen. Wow. I started to get sales coming through. Uh, and so this is fundamental to the way that I will approach working with a business. Now, I can 
pick up on a lot of things. Lucy, you can't actually see me at the moment, but if I was to say to you that purely by, if we were to focus on the way that I hold that bokken, yeah. I can demonstrate to you opportunities and threats in the way that I would be facing another swordsman, and I can relate those opportunities and threats to the management structure of your business. Wow. I can talk about the people who are, so to speak, on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. I can talk about your middle management, and I can talk about the senior management. And by changing the way that I'm holding the sword and the way that I'm moving the sword, I can relate to the different behaviour of those three different levels. And so by showing you, by talking about changing the grip, changing the way I move, I can describe to you how changing the behaviour of those three different levels might actually do bad things to your business and might actually improve things for your business. Wow. It sounds amazing, and I'm 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 in in awe of it. To be honest, it's 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 not something that has ever really occurred to me in the past. But what you've described and the way you've described it makes absolutely complete sex, um, sense. Um, well, well, I'm delighted to hear that, <laughs> um, and and even it's even more. I, I mean, I'm describing this to you, as I say, through audio at the moment. But if we were, if you could see me, if this was a presentation I was giving to you, you would be able to see the points. Uh, they're quite graphic. And it's, it, it has, in a way, it surprised me because um, uh, I, I've been thinking, well, what, what are the different principles? So I can talk about strategy. I can show strategy. I can talk about how you deal with competition, how you take your attitude towards competition. Mm-hmm. I can be talking about, um, believe it or not, HR. I yeah. can talk about health and safety. I can talk, as I've said, about strategy. I can talk about shortcuts. Well, what's, what's the disadvantage of shortcuts? Yeah. The way we stand in Kendo. I can talk about the uh, the start, the financial footing of your business. What's the financial footing? So we can go into the vulnerabilities. Mm. We can go into the um, uh, the preparedness to take advantage of opportunities. We can talk about business resilience. There are many, many different things. The more I think about it, the more I can see ways in which I can demonstrate an issue through through kendo swordsmanship believe it or not social media as well um there's a a, a very very good way of uh, demonstrating exactly what the impact of bad social media can be Uh, and i can relate that to bad swordsmanship as well so a lot of analogies what's important though uh, when working with businesses is that um it's not all about the sword. don't have to keep on going back to the swordsmanship. Right. Um, I'm using that as my rock. I'm using that as my visualisation. Mm-hmm. If I'm speaking on one-to-one basis, I can bring them up as examples. But there's, there's enough, um, I have enough experience in business life to be able to, uh, to address those different kinds of issues that uh, uh, one might want to, uh, to be looking at. Wow. I think you touched on it a little bit, but why do you think it is important for business owners to change their mindsets in order to grow their businesses? Well, let me let, let me let me answer that by going right back to the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. right to the start of the very day. Okay, we wake up. What yep. mood are we in? 
depends. I suppose that de- I suppose that depends on really how much sleep you've had. <laughs> well, okay, I, I I can relate to that. Um, but you have the opportunity. You have the ability to choose how you are going to feel do, during indeed. the rest of the day. Okay, um, we have to take on board our health, and I'm going to include sleep or the lack of sleep in our health now, we have to take that into account. But if we look at that, put that to one side, because we're we're not going to be going into health issues for the moment, although they're entirely relevant to the development of your business. But if we look now, my approach, I've got out of bed, I'm driving to business. I touched on this earlier on. Am I closed for business? (laughs) Am I... And, and the way that we dress and the way that we bear ourselves is, it will be different according to what business area we're in. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have actually had to tell um, a business owner, you, I cannot take you seriously because of the way that you're presenting yourself. Really? I won't go into details, but just on the way that that person was presenting themselves to me, I'd say, you know what, if I was a consumer, I just wouldn't be taking you seriously at yeah. all. So that's that, that's one thing. Keep in mind, how serious am I about my business? Yeah. It's about adopting that right mindset. So you arrive at work. Now, your place of work might be six steps down from your bedroom. Mm-hmm. It might be an office that you're using. It may be a little uh, a, a car drive away or a train commute away. Whatever it is, what's your frame of mind when you turn up? For the business, Are my yes, yeah, yeah. My frame of the mind of the day is generally most days is I'm going to have a positive, successful day. Hey, and what better way to start it? Yep. All right, okay. The, the, uh, the perhaps the even better way would you would have had eight hours interrupt uninterrupted sleep. Yeah, right. That would but be nice. Right <laughs> and, and this is my approach. That is going to rub off on the people that are around you. Yeah, whether it might be your boss your staff, your peers, or if you're working on your own, just the people that you're going to interact with in telephone conversations or in meetings that you're going to attend yeah. that day. So get that belief structure right. Now, the belief, if we turn up to work thinking, oh, do you know what, It's I'm only a this. My business is just a that. Or we do, you know, if, uh, the onlys and the buts. The belief structure that's kicking in here is saying, well, do you know what? I don't really believe in what it is that I'm doing. It's not a particularly serious. I, I haven't got the positive thought process uh, ingrained in my mind. That is going to rub off on how your business develops. Yeah, definitely. None of us, none of us, whether we're a customer, a supplier, a peer, none of us like dealing with negative people. No. We want to we want to turn away. Okay, you're not feeling so good. You know, I really would love it if you went over to that corner and stayed there feeling not so good because I want to get on with living and growing my business. Yeah. So the belief structure is tremendously important. Now let's think about belief in our business. We have to have that belief. Mm-hmm. We have to believe that our product is right. Here's a brutal fact or here's a suggestion to you. If you do not fundamentally believe that your product is right for the market you are approaching, you shouldn't be doing it. No. You've got, yeah, like How you say, you've got to have complete belief in what you're doing because if you don't believe it, you're not going to um, be able to show your potential customers 
how will it work? Because if you don't believe in it yourself, then you're going. That's not how you're going to portray it. Absolutely. Now, now, Lucy, that can apply to me as a, when I was a sales rep, yep. going out and trying to sell my product. That authenticity, that belief, that's going to shine through. Yeah. But also, it has to apply to the guys at the top. Do the guys at the top have belief? in the ethos that they're putting forward as a business, do they actually have belief in their staff to be able to carry out the functions that are necessary? Absolutely. And if they don't have belief in their staff, whose fault's that? What are they doing about it? Are they equipping their staff? Are they looking at their staff and saying, what is it? that I need to give you, what is it that I need to empower you, what is it within our systems that I need to enable in order for you to enact, the, to, to conduct the business in the way that we want, because I believe in you. And if the guy at the top doesn't believe in you, something's got to change. Absolutely. And so once again, we come back here to changing the mindset, changing the approach. And, uh, and very often, it, it, these things aren't recognized. And so just coming in with a commercial for the profession of business coaching, this is what we do. We help you identify what these issues are. Mm -hmm. And then if we're working with you, help guide you to a resolution. Whatever that resolution might be, we're there to work with you to help you identify what it is that you're going to do. Wow. It's that's that's fantastic and it makes complete sense and I really hope that our listeners today have um, learned a lot from um, from your approach and and um, how it will make them more successful. Well, do you know, what? thank you for that. But something I would say to uh, to your listeners is this: when we talk about success, remember success is a moving target. Yeah. You don't just achieve a goal and that's the end. No. You're there, you're done. Success is a moving target and success might be achieving a position. It might be acquiring an item of stuff that might be finance or yeah. it might be something else. But also it can be a fundamental emotional state of being that you've achieved. So success can have a lot of different meanings. It's very, very important as business people are working through that they identify what does success mean to me? Because what represents a successful business for me, Lucy, will not be relevant to yourself. No. You, you know, you, you will identify your business as being successful when this has happened. Yeah. And I will look at that and I'll say, well, that's lovely for you guys, but actually, the same sort of thing doesn't relate to me. So what's important is to get behind this and understand what is it that Absolutely. success means. Absolutely. Well, thank you, David. That has been very, very insightful and very, very good to hear. It makes complete sense to me. And like I said, I hope it makes sense to all of our listeners as well. Um, how can our listeners get hold of you if they would like any more advice about what you do and, and how you might be able to help them? Uh, I would love to hear you have uh, the, 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 the method that I would prefer. I'm being selfish now. Pick up the telephone. Absolutely. Phone me. 07764 If that's not convenient for you, email me, david at bockenbusinesscoaching.com. 
www.bokken.co.uk and Bokken is B-O-K-K-E-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, tweet me on at Dave Dikara. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Bokken Business Coaching. Um, how many more options are there? As um, many as you Google, like. <laughs> Google me, and I'm sure there'll, there'll, there'll be there'll be some way for you to get in touch Absolutely. with me. Leave me a message somehow; I'll get back to you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, David. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Lucy, great to speak to you. Thank you for the opportunity. You're very welcome. Take care and speak to you soon. Bye bye now. That's all from me this week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found it useful. If you have any questions or would like me to go into more detail on any of the points I've mentioned, feel free to drop me an email at lucy at dandelionsocial.com. I reply to all of my emails personally. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at dandelionsm. That's S for social and M for media. You can also follow me on Instagram at wearedandelionsocial and like my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash dandelionsocial. I'd like to again thank our sponsors supplying my business for their continued support. If you'd like to know more about what they do, you can visit supplymybusiness.co.uk. Each episode of the Dandelion Social Podcast goes live every Thursday. To make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week and see you back here again next Thursday for episode 66.